Hey, babe. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast. I am so excited and just honored that you're a listener of this podcast. And today I have a really exciting episode for you where I'm sharing an Instagram live recording that I did with Crystal from at Crystal Loses on Instagram. And if you are not following her, make sure that you go follow her. It's at Crystal Loses, all one word and spelled with a K. So you can see it in the show notes. Um, But her story is so inspiring. She lost 120 pounds on keto. And at a certain point, um, she just wasn't sure if it was really sustainable or um, what she really wanted to be doing. And so she wound up trying out Weight Watchers as well. So she actually had a lot of success on both keto and Weight Watchers. And I asked her to interview with me so that she could share her experience of both. Um, After doing Weight Watchers, she has actually returned to keto. But I wanted to do this episode and not like um, trying to convince you of one versus the other, but really to share a fair-minded comparison that one person actually went through and kind of share some of the um, science behind each and why each of them would work and why one of them might work better for you based on your personality and your physiology and all of those things. So if you are a person who is uh, not really sure, should I do Weight Watchers or just calorie counting or do I want to do keto? Or if you find yourself bouncing back and forth between the two of them, I know you're going to really love this episode. I've also had some people tell me um, that they are doing one and they have family members who are like, no, you shouldn't do this one. You should do this other one. And they don't really know how to address the conversation. So this might be helpful for you as well. Either way, it's a fantastic episode. We get into not just the details of following each way of eating, but really Crystal's mindset shifts that she experienced um, throughout her entire weight loss journey. I mean, that is huge to lose 120 pounds. And also Crystal has been really open and I appreciate this about her social media that she um, regained some of the weight that she had lost. And I know many of you have experienced that as well. And that is a particular kind of hard, like a particular kind of pain because you're dealing with a lot of self-judgment and shame and feeling like you're behind and you're never going to get back to where you were and all of the beliefs that can kind of come along with that. And she just has such a fantastic mindset about things. One of the things that stood out in the episode that I just loved so much is when she would see a a photo of herself that she didn't like. Um, Instead of letting it trigger her and send her into a tailspin, she would just say to herself, oh, I guess there's another before photo for Instagram. So you're going to love listening to her. And um, I also, before we dig into the episode, I wanted to let you guys know that I am soliciting your reviews of this podcast. I'm really trying to grow the podcast. I know that it's been so helpful to so many people. If you're listening right now, I'm sure that it's been helpful to you. And in order to um, really try to grow it and reach more people, um, getting those five-star reviews for you, particularly on Apple Podcasts, um, really, really helps me to grow. So if you would take the time to leave a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes and take a screenshot of it and send me an email, I will give you a freebie. I have right now two guides that are so helpful, so awesome. My holiday guide, which is great for the summer holidays and summer vacations, but also great for any holiday year round. And it's got great recipes and it also addresses the mindset stuff too, helping you plan out the holiday or the vacation or the special day that you want to have for yourself from a mindset of self-care. That's available. It's normally priced at $19. I will give that to you completely for free if you show me that you left a podcast review. You can also choose my new restaurant guide. That's brand new. And it is, yes, it's totally about the mindset stuff, making sure that you're navigating the food opportunities of restaurants and eating out from a mindset of self-care. But I tell you also exactly what to order at 41 different types of restaurants from fast food to fine dining. Um, You can totally make it work if you want to stick with keto. So you will love that guide as well. So you could choose either the holiday guide or the restaurant guide. The restaurant guide is normally $14. Um, So yes, I want to give this to you completely for free. If you will leave me a five-star review, I would really, really appreciate it. So here's what you do. You leave the review, take a screenshot of it, and email me. I am theketofit at gmail.com, and then I will email you back with the guide of your choosing. So just let me know which one you would prefer, and I really appreciate you. So uh, I am going to actually share a um, brief 
add with you guys about my mindset class for this month. It's called Hire Yourself as the CEO of Your Life. And just a quick reminder, this is only available on sale through June 30th, and then it'll be a new mindset class next month. So I do a different one every month, and it won't be available for another six months. So this one is awesome. Tune in for all of the details and make sure that you head on over to the website that I list so that you can grab your coffee before the end of June. All right, without further ado, here's more info on that class and then getting into the episode with Crystal. Why can we be so successful in every area of our lives except weight loss? Why do we dismiss what an incredible mother, partner, friend, and leader we are and chalk ourselves up to utter failures because we aren't at our goal weight? Why do we use our strengths to the benefit of every other person in our lives except ourselves? If you're ready to shift from the inside out, this month's mindset class is for you. It's called Hire Yourself as the CEO of Your Life. In this class, you will take some fun assessments that make you feel more like you and help you to love and like yourself. You'll learn your natural strengths so that you can apply them to your weight loss goal. You'll uncover the mental blocks preventing you from using your strengths in weight loss, even though you see yourself using them in every other area of your life. You'll discover your personal values and find how they align to your health journey, freeing up your self-care actions to naturally flow with integrity, ease, and joy. You'll create weight loss strategies to approach your goal in a way that will be enjoyable and meaningful for you while still getting the results that you want. Sign up at bit.ly slash self-care keto class or grab the link in the show notes today. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Self-Care Keto Podcast, if you are listening later on podcast, and welcome to this very exciting Instagram Live. I am your Self-Care Keto Coach, Jess, and I am so excited to be interviewing the very inspirational Crystal from the popular Instagram account, at Crystal Loses. So she's going to be jumping on with us here in just a second, but our topic for today is actually going to be Weight Watchers versus Keto. And just to clarify, we're not getting into any diet wars today. We're not going to be demonizing one over the other, but we're going to be giving each way of eating a really fair view of looking at things according to Crystal's actual experience, because Crystal has done both ways of eating very successfully. And by successful, I actually mean like lost a huge amount of weight, like 120 pounds in a year. It's kind of successful. And I'm bringing her on right now. Yeah, Crystal started out doing keto. She did Weight Watchers for a while. Now she's back to keto and she's going to share her experience with us about both different ways of eating. So if you're not following her yet, make sure that you definitely give her a follow. Hey, Crystal, how are you? Good, how are you? So good. How's your day going? (laughs) It's pretty good. It's been good today. We got up early. I took my kids. They go with me to the gym now. So yeah, that's always fun. (laughs) It has childcare. Uh, no, they work out. Whoa, good for them. Yeah, yeah. Mine are like preteen, teenage, so they get to do it with me. <laughs> That's awesome. What an amazing example you're setting for them and bringing them along on that. <laughs> it's been fun. Cool. Yeah. It's part of the homeschooling curriculum, right? That's gym class. It's PE, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm seeing you all the time posting your um, gym stories, and girl, you are looking awesome. I see your waist getting cinched, and that booty is popping, girl, so you are rocking it, and you're just such an inspiration to so many people, and I just gave a very brief interview um, or synopsis of what we're going to be talking about today, Weight Watchers versus Keto, but I haven't really shared too much about you, so I'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself, so tell us- How old are you? What is your family life like? And how did you get to almost 39,000 followers on Instagram? (laughs) Um, Thanks. So I'm excited to be here. I met Jess just a couple months ago, so it's been really great getting to know you. Um, So I am 35. I've been married for, it'll be 16 years in a month. Um, And I have two kids, a son and a daughter that, as you mentioned, I have homeschooled since kindergarten. Um, So that's been really fun. And um, we live in Georgia. We, I'm from Oklahoma. I feel like an Okie, but I'm currently in Georgia. Um, and 
my husband's a professor and so I stay home with my kids and um, yeah, that's, that's kind of like who I am. And then as far as weight loss goes, um, I have been struggling with that my whole life. It's always been something that has been an issue for me. And uh, a few years ago, I decided that I was going to create an Instagram account to kind of chronicle because I was going to start on day one again. And this time I was just sure it was going to be like the last day one. Um, and I made this super private account. I didn't tell a single person that I knew about it. I just wanted to follow other people for inspiration. Um, I didn't even know if I was going to post anything. I just wanted to have um, that resource there to just follow people. Um, and then a couple people felt like wanted to follow back. So I was like, all right, for the first time ever, I'm going to post on here how much I weigh. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't tell anyone that I would have, like, if I had been in an accident and they were going to give me medication, I would have <laughs> lied to that doctor right then about yeah. what my weight, like, that's how serious it was. Even when I was pregnant, you know, they weigh you in at the beginning. Yeah. I told my husband, you have to stay in the waiting room until that part's over. Yeah. So for the first time ever, I put it out there where other people, just a few people, but people could see. And that was kind of liberating, actually. Instead of feeling, like, really scared, it kind of felt good in a way. And then my sister discovered my secret account yeah. and wanted to be on it. And then my mom and then cousins. And finally, I was like, letting the world in. Yeah. <laughs> just going to be public with it. Yeah. Wow. That takes a lot of courage. But it's funny because you basically you're like, well, I totally didn't mean to be courageous about it. Like it was, it was a secret. And no. It just kind of like, oh, it almost, it found you. It wanted you to go public, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That is I guess really so. Cool. And I see that you like, you're just not even just like sharing about posting your weight, but like you've been so open about posting your pictures and your progress pictures. And I think people just really resonate with that and feel really encouraged by that. And, you know, thank you for putting yourself out there because I know you're inspiring a lot of people. Obviously, a lot of people are inspired. They're following along on your journey. They've been invested in your journey. I actually talked to one girl yesterday on a curiosity call to work together with me and she found me through you. And she's like, I've been following Crystal forever. And like, then she disappeared from social media. And I was like, literally worried about her. Like, <laughs> people truly have loved following you. So thank you for all that you do. And thanks for interviewing today, because I know that your story is going to be really helpful to a lot of people. I know that we probably have a ton of people, myself included, who are like, what should I do? Should I, uh, what is keto? Is keto for me? Is calorie counting for me? What really matters here? Do calories not matter? Do they matter? And it can be really, really confusing. So I've had yeah. so many people tell me like that they've been excited about this live just since posting it yesterday. People are like, oh, that's me. I totally go back and forth between Weight Watchers and keto or yeah, yeah I don't know what yeah. to do. So people are, have been like DMing me like I'm so excited about tomorrow. And I see some of them have joined us today. So yeah, a few months ago, I would have for sure been like, I need this. Wait, what, what is she going to say? Because I was lost too for a little while. <laughs> I know. I've even had people that are like, I'm listening because I'm keto, but the rest of my family is like anti-keto. I'm like, I just don't even know what to say to them. Like, so yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a, um, a hot topic for sure. So tell us a little bit more about your history with your weight. You mentioned that it's like really always been like a lifetime thing for you since you were a kid. And I know that when we talked, you said it basically like boiled over, like reached a breaking point for you in 2018 in a plane yeah. seat. You like lead us through your journey all the way up to that breaking point. Okay. So as I said, always been overweight, always knew I was overweight. I was never deceived about it. Um, and, and knew the problem too. Um, I was sedentary and ate a lot of sugar and, and junk food. So, you know, it, it was what it was. Um, and always wanted to lose weight. That was always a goal for myself. But I remember watching a show one time, this girl was at a camp for overweight people trying to lose weight. And she tearfully said in this interview, she said, every morning I wake up on a diet and every night I go to bed a failure. And I thought, that's me. That's exactly me. I even a day, a day felt hard, let alone months and months of whatever I needed to do to get on track and just couldn't, I couldn't find anything that would, um, that I could stick with or that I would stick with. And so, um, after having my kids, my weight definitely went up. I was in the three thirties at my highest, which is a very, very uncomfortable weight to be at. I'm five nine, so I am tall, but not tall enough for that amount of weight. Yeah. And I started to have some health issues. Um, 
my knees were always in pain. I had severe acid reflux um, that was causing me to actually have heart issues. Like I would have heart pain. I had to go to the doctor for that. And um, she basically said, you need to have weight loss surgery. Like there's, you're going to be dealing with this and, and you're going to get diabetes and everything else is going to continue to happen. So let's just sign you up for this surgery. And I would have done it. Just my insurance didn't cover it. So I was like, okay, well, you have to find another way. So, um, as you said, in 2018, um, December of 2018, uh, on December 1st, I found out that my husband had bought me a plane ticket to get to go home to see my family in Oklahoma and see my new nephew that had just been born. And instead of being really excited, I was honestly, immediate emotion was panic because I had a real fear about being able to even fit in the plane seat. Um, I did, I'd never used a seatbelt extender, which I don't fly a lot, but, and I didn't want to have to ask for that. Um, I didn't want to be spilling over and then have to like buy two seats. Um, it was just such a source of stress. And I thought it's so sad that this gift is now, um, something that I'm afraid of and I'm kind of upset about. I honestly wish I wasn't going. And so, um, I had heard of some people on Instagram who were doing keto and I always thought that's ridiculous. It's the dumbest way of eating ever because no one can do that for any length of time. And it kind of made me mad when I'd see people lose weight with it. I'd be like, well, of course, because that's cheating, you know? Yeah. Thought, okay, I'm going to cheat for this one month. I'm going to do this and lose as much weight as I can because my flight was in exactly a month and see if I can at least be somewhat comfortable on this plane seat. So I did. I started it. Um, I think I only had one or two days in that month where I didn't stay keto and I lost a little over 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when I got on the plane, I was at 299 and I was like, okay, wow. we, we can do this, you know, and, and this seatbelt barely fit. The, the flight attendant even walked by and very covertly was like, do you need something? And I was like, no, look, it's snapped. You know, I was excited. It was very uncomfortable. But, um, and then after that month though, I thought, okay, this is exciting. I'm seeing progress and I feel really good. Mm -hmm. And I really like the food I'm eating. And it was just kind of one of those things of let's just keep trying this. It was like a science experiment almost. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, this is this works really quickly and it works fairly easily. So I'm just going to see, I'm not going to stick with this, of course, because it's ridiculous, but yeah. I'm just going to see what happens, you know? <laughs> um, and so that's kind of how I really started keto and why too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being so honest about that, because I think a lot of people do approach keto with the same mentality as that. Like, I don't really know if I actually believe in this, but I'm just going to try it because I'm so desperate. Like, and that yeah. was how I approached um, eating Atkins back in 2013 is what I started with. <clears throat> and I did not think Atkins was healthy. That's not why I was doing it. I just knew yeah. that I had seen my mom do Atkins when I was a teenager in high school. It kind of like had a little resurgence or whatever. And people would just do Atkins during the week. She would lose five pounds and then eat pizza on the weekends. But all I knew was that it was a fast way to lose weight. And it was for me, it was two weeks before Thanksgiving. I was nervous about seeing people and feeling like the last time they saw me, I weighed so much less. And I just honestly thought, I don't care if it's a crash diet, I'm going to do a crash diet and hopefully lose 10 pounds in two weeks. I did, but I didn't realize, oh my gosh, I actually feel really good. And so kind of like yeah. you, I thought to myself, oh, for sure, this is just going to be a short-term thing. And then I'm just going to go back to my calorie counting way of, of life and doing things and be a little bit more reasonable and not exclude any foods and yada, yada, yada. But I wound up falling in love with it. So for you, at what point did you actually think to yourself, this isn't so ridiculous. Like I, I actually could see myself doing this long-term because you ended up doing it for a year and losing 120 pounds. Mm -hmm. So like, when did it kick in? Like, okay, I actually like this. I'm going to do this long-term. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's what's interesting. Um, looking back, like thinking back on it, I kind of had this rose colored idea over the last year when I've kind of struggled, I thought I started keto and then it was just easy and I just never stopped. But I was looking back at my weight tracker and I saw like that February. So I started in December by February. I had about two weeks where I had a big gain and then lost it again. And I thought, what happened then? And I kind of went back in my mind. And I think that was when I was kind of like, okay, you know, this has been a fun, you know, couple of months, but now I think I can probably eat in a different way and it'd be fine. And it wasn't. Yeah. And that, and that's when I started, I read a bunch of books about keto. Mm -hmm. I love to learn stuff. If I'm doing something, I like dive in. I started listening to keto podcasts, like every day I would be just cleaning the house, listening to one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really started to learn about the science behind it. And that helped me understand why this was easier than what I was doing before, why it felt 
more sustainable. And so that's when I decided um, I was going on a trip to the beach that summer. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take these next 75 days and commit 100% and see how I feel at the end of that. Because I was still dealing with some cravings because I was not, I was keto maybe um, like a week at a time and then would take a day off or whatever. So I thought, I thought, and I thought you had to have cheat days too. Um, And so I was like, I'm going to give this 75 days. Um, I made a little calendar on my Instagram and I had a little, I think it was a palm tree for each day to count down to my trip. Um, And it was hard for like, there were several times where I remember just being in the kitchen, staring in the pantry and thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. But then I thought if I, if I don't do it, I'm going to post about it. I'm going to tell everyone that I quit. And so that was big motivator to me. Like I'm not telling people I quit. And so um, I stuck with it. And by the time we went to Florida, I, I lost, I think almost 50 pounds in those 75 days, which I know is a lot, but um, I had a lot to lose too. I had a lot of um, excess weight. And so I felt incredible. I was the smallest weight I'd been since middle school. Um, And was just so excited. And I didn't have a single desire to cheat anymore. I had no sugar cravings. I could bake homemade cookies for my kids and be like, yeah, that's not for me. You know, I felt, I just felt great. And so I didn't go off at that, those 75 days. I ended up staying keto almost till Christmas. Um, I just stuck with it the rest of the year. That's when I had major weight loss. I was, I started really getting into intermittent fasting and loved that. Um, I've always enjoyed, I haven't always, but I've enjoyed working out for several years. So I continued that and um it just it really felt easy and it felt natural and I felt like this is the way for me yeah yeah oh my gosh I'm like hearing so many amazing like lessons out of what you what you've shared so far and (laughs) one of them and I I was scrolling way back through your Instagram last night you probably saw me creeping on your page because I was like clicking like on the (laughs) but I remember even you did the 75 day challenge and one of the things that you posted about, you were like, you do not need cheat days on keto. And like, this may be something that um, really helps a lot of people to experiment with that, right? Because we tend to think like, oh, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go crazy. Like, I'm, I'm going to need a day to kind of release the pressure valve or whatever. And I'm not going to be perfect all the time. So I'm not even going to try. And I'm going to like plan to have this, you know, cheat day as people call it. I'm very um, big about using a little bit more neutral language if possible. I like to call it like a deviation day with my clients. Yeah. Like, cheat is like, oh, it makes you feel like you're doing something wrong or immoral or illicit or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, let's just say a, having a deviation day, right? Um, people think like, well, surely I need to have that to keep me motivated, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing you say is that that was actually kind of backfiring on you because what it was yeah. doing is it was keeping your body like, in ketosis, out of ketosis, in ketosis, out of ketosis. And I'm sure you learned this at some point with the science of ketosis, but your body becomes adapted to this new way of burning fuel. So you're either burning primarily sugar for fuel or fat for fuel. And your body eventually goes through an adaptation process of like, oh, okay, great. This is our new normal. And as you go through that adaptation process, that's when the cravings actually disappear. But if you keep reintroducing the sugar one day a week, then your body's never going to fully adapt and you're always going to keep fighting those cravings. It's only when you actually removed the deviation day that you truly became free from all the cravings. Is that right? Yeah. And I had never experienced that in my life. I didn't know you could. Um, I didn't know you could experience where you didn't want that food. I thought it was just muscling through. I thought, okay, forever I'm going to have to say no. And that's why I've been so unsuccessful because saying no is not fun. And you can, you can be motivated for a time. I was motivated for the airplane. I was motivated, you know, even for Florida or things like that. But There comes a time where, you know, you have to have more than that and being able to get out of that sugar craving cycle and just remove that from the equation really showed me like, oh, this is what food freedom is. This is what experience, like being able to just enjoy your life without being shackled. Like I literally felt enslaved by those food choices before. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think a lot of people can really resonate with this idea of like, yes, losing weight is entirely about willpower. And the reason why I can't lose weight and other people can is because I don't have as much willpower as other people. I'm just weaker. There's something wrong with me. Why can't I be the strong person like this other person that they're peeping over on Instagram or comparing to one of their girlfriends or cousins or sisters or whoever, right? But it's not you. It's the food. It's not about your willpower. In fact, everybody is limited in your willpower. Willpower is temporary for every single person. And so one of the things that I love to help my clients do is actually stop relying on willpower, 
give yourself the physiological advantage of like, let's stop reintroducing this highly addictive substance that actually hijacks your brain yeah. and you know keeps you addicted. Everybody's powerless against a really intense addictive drug, right? And so oh. it's not you, it's the food. And then also, you know, to move away from willpower by actually changing the underlying mindsets that are mm -hmm. continuing to come up and self-sabotage and things like that. So like, I heard you say like, I actually believed that, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of hopeless. Like, this is just the way you do it. There is no other alternative. And that was such a deeply entrenched belief in you, probably because of what you had learned ever since childhood about what it means to be overweight and what it means to be on a diet and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we, I think we're uh, maybe a similar age. You might, you're probably younger than I am, but, um, you know, grew up watching shows like The Biggest Loser or things like that. And weight loss looks really hard yeah. and it looks really not fun. And that's just what you have to do and you just have to accept that. And being able to see kind of a different way was very, very eye opening. Yes, for sure. Um, and I'm actually a little bit older than you. I'm 37. But thanks for thinking I'm young. Um, so I totally resonate with what you're saying. And especially at the time that we grew up, yes, everything was made to make it look like weight loss is about going on a diet, about restricting and about working out a ton, like look, look, the biggest loser, or even just like, you know, the episode of Full House where DJ wants to lose weight and she gets her little bicycle and she's like driving herself nuts and passes out <laughs> You know, whatever, like, these are the examples of what it was, uh, what, it, what it looks like to lose weight. Like you have to don't eat anything with fat in it and work out all the time. And eventually yeah. you'll, you'll reach your goal. And so the belief was weight loss has to be hard. Weight loss mm -hmm. has to be miserable. And yeah. I truly believed that as well. And it just sucks because if we really believe that nobody's going to do that. And so, mm -hmm. but you're actually, somebody is like, oh my God, yes, that Full House episode. Yes, somebody else. I know. I still remember that vividly watching that as a kid. It was, yeah. it was and traumatizing. The worst part about it, it is kind of traumatizing, but the worst part about it is when I was a kid, I was an overweight kid and I was desperate. And that episode of Full House, and also like, I was in high school and I remember like reading in science books about eating disorders. And I was like the kid that was like, oh, I should try that. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, oh, oh, yeah. That works? Oh, oh, okay. Let me. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I remember like staring at a toilet being like, why can't I just make myself throw up? Wouldn't that be the easy way? Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, it was those, that's, I was talking to my daughter the other day. We were at, um, I graduated. So I was at, um, the college and seeing all these young college age girls. And there's a lot, um, there's so much more body positivity today. And I just think that's amazing. I truly do think that's so encouraging. I wish I had just a smidgen more of that when I was growing up where you could see people just kind of embrace who they are. And I'm not saying you need to embrace obesity, certainly, because that has a lot of problems with it, but being curvy and just not having to be, you know, size two bleach blonde hair. Like that's what I wanted to be when I was in high school yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I wish the same thing. And like, yes, I'm all about the body positivity movement, but also like, let's not body shame people who do want to lose weight. Like, but I yeah. what you're saying like, it, it's just so frustrating because when we were growing up and again, it has changed a lot, but there were no models that were like normal size, like all the models yeah. were like double zeros or whatever. And then yeah. the closest model that looked like me was in the plus size store. A size 10 is the model in a plus size store. Like really, like this is yeah. enough to drive you absolutely insane. So thankfully this is changing yeah. a little bit. Um, so basically let's kind of, this other, this other thing that you said that I want to distill out of what you were saying was something that worked for you in that year long journey is that <clears throat> you set up external accountability for yourself through mm -hmm. your Instagram account. And yeah. this is a really great strategy for a lot of people because a lot of people just need external accountability and we shame ourselves for this. Like, we're like, well, why, why can't I just do what I want to do for myself? I do everything for everybody else. And the one thing that I want to do for myself, I just let myself down over and over and over again. But the fact of the matter is that, yeah, we are motivated by showing up for other people. And, you know, if somebody else needs you to do something, if your boss needs you to do something, if your spouse needs you to do something, if your sisters ask you for a favor, like you're not going to let other people down more mm -hmm. so than you're not going to let yourself down. And I find that so many people hate this about themselves and then don't use it to their advantage. Like we're, we're so yeah. busy judging ourselves for the fact that like, this is reality. Like this motivates me more than this <laughs> instead of just accepting yeah. it and using it to your advantage and setting up external accountability for yourself. Instead, we just hate ourselves for needing it, like, and blaming ourselves as being weak-willed for it. Did you feel that way when you were setting up external accountability for yourself? 
Yeah, for sure. I kind of felt like, um, you know, if I won't do it for myself, then I won't do it for anyone. So I shouldn't even, you know, try, like try that. Plus I was really tired of trying and failing. That mm -hmm. just feels terrible. It erodes your self-esteem. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't feel good at all. And so the, actually the very first time where I was like, I'm just going to try doing some, like bringing someone else in and see if that helps was, that was when I first started working out. Um, I had read a book called The Power of Habit, um, mm -hmm. which I think you've talked about before, yeah. um, and loved it. And I thought, okay, the number one reason why I can't work out is because I can't get up at 5 a.m. That's what I told myself. I can't. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. I have two small kids. I can't do that. And so I thought, but if I make it a habit, then I'll be able to do it. And so um, I actually called my mom and I said, I'm going to write you a check for $50, which was a lot of money to me at that point. Yeah. And I said, if I not work out every single day at 5 a.m. this month, you have to cash the check and you have to spend that money. Yeah. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and so I did. I gave her a check and 30 days, got up every single day at 5 a.m. And it was not fun at first. And then it did, of course, become a lot easier. And that started me, I mean, I go to the gym about six days a week now yeah. because then I started to love it. Um, but that was the first time where I was like, oh, bringing in someone else really made a big difference and bringing money in. But, but the someone else was the big part too. Um, and then, you know, the, with the Instagram account, like a lot of people, you know, I would join challenges like, okay, we're all going to do, you know, a 16, eight fast for a week and see how we feel. And those kinds of things are just fun. You can yeah. find groups that are doing fun things. You can find your people. They may not be around you in your town, but you can definitely find those people if you want to. And that's such a great support system. Yeah, it totally is. And also joining a group of people changes your identity. And, you know, that's another big theme in that book that you're talking about, The Power of Habit. And it's kind of, he kind of, kind of calls it like um, a keystone habit, a habit that changes how you see yourself. So yeah. after going to the gym every day for so many days in a row, you see yourself as the kind of person that goes to the gym. And yeah. what does a person who goes to the gym do? How do, how do they behave? Instead, you're no longer looking at yourself as the old crystal, but you're looking at yourself as someone who works out every day. And what type of food does somebody who works out every day do? Would a person yeah. who works out every day do this? Would a person who works out every day do that? And mm -hmm. it changes your identity when you kind of join a new tribe of people. That can be really mm -hmm. encouraging because we like to be like the people that we're around. And so the people that were around influence us. And so one of the quickest ways to help yourself to truly change is to surround yourself with other people who are doing and believing the things that you want to do and want to believe about yourself. So, and the amazing thing that you're modeling for us is that that is available on Instagram. Like we don't yeah. have to, cause a lot of us are sitting here thinking like, I don't have anybody inspiring in my life. I don't have anybody yeah. <laughs> that wants to do what I want to do, but you've really uh, laid out a great example of the using social media, the the wonderful ways that we can use social media to inspire ourselves and really become who we want to be. Yeah. Hmm. So if anybody is listening and wondering like, huh, I wonder if I'm externally motivated. I just want to share a very brief um, resource for people. And it's actually called the four tendencies quiz. And there is an author named Gretchen Rubin and she created this quiz and basically kind of theorized like, okay, some people are internally motivated. Some people are externally motivated. Some people are both and some people are neither. So if you're wondering if that's you, am I externally motivated like Crystal? And should I kind of follow some of the same strategies that she did? If you take that quiz and it turns out that you are what's called an obliger, well, you will be in the majority of people because 60% of people are actually obligers and they're externally motivated. Um, and they're not really internally motivated and that's okay. Like it's the majority of people. We're just kind of wired this way and think about it like for us, a history of human existence We've existed in tribes and there hasn't been a lot of individualism in, um, you know, the course of human history. This is kind of a relatively new thing, like especially in Western society and America and everything like that. It's just about you and your goals and your dreams. But throughout the history of human existence, it's actually been about us and what we're all doing together. And so it makes sense that a lot of people are still majorly wired to be externally motivated. So use that to your advantage. Now I wanna ask you, um, we've kind of talked about a couple of things that have like, these have been good strategies for you to set up external accountability, to remove the deviation day. Um, what other strategies did you learn worked really well for you on your year long journey? And then also did you learn any strategies that really didn't work for you? Yeah, so um, other things that worked well for me um, were definitely kind of 
talking myself through, like that was the first time um, I realized that I never thought I was an emotional eater. Um, you know, again, watching shows like The Biggest Loser, I mean, they're crying, they have trauma, and you're like, oh, well, that's why they were overweight. But I didn't have one of those, you know, mm -hmm. this is why. It was just, I like food. And I literally thought that's all it was. I thought I just liked food and my body, you know, packed on the pounds and that was it. But once I removed the ability to soothe with food, then I recognized all these emotions that had been suppressed by that. So then I had to think like, oh, okay, I am an emotional eater. And you know, now what? Um, and, but other things that I think, I think I got in this mindset of, um, lose as much as possible as quickly as possible i really had that 120 pound goal that was a big desire of mine it felt like um a real accomplishment which is kind of i mean it is in one way but it's also not if you don't get there by doing things that are sustainable um and so i definitely went too far in the way of um not focusing on health first, but focusing on that number first. Mm -hmm. And so that was what um, ultimately kind of led to it's not being a great couple of years, like 2020 and 2021 were really years of struggle for me. Um, and, and I think it was because I had learned some good things, but I had also for the first time in my life was losing weight. And that became my most important goal for a short time, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say that basically like you don't think that you approached it from the healthiest mindset, like you were successful at it, but yeah. you didn't actually kind of heal some of the underlying, um, mindsets that were tripping yeah. you up. And so you're, you're basically saying like when, when life sideswiped you in 2020 and 2021, like you, you fell off because you had never really dealt with the underlying mindset issues. Yeah. And I think also, um, I still in my mind had this idea and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it still is a struggle, but of what healthy eating is, you know, we grew up with the food pyramid. Like we have seen, you know, whole grains are what's best. It's just drilled into us. And so that can be such a, it can really mess with your mind at times, especially whenever you're kind of like, if you're stuck in that sugar cycle, if you've been allowing yourself, you know, deviations or whatever, um, it can seem like that is, is the way that's supposed to be the way and so even when i was losing weight and doing um you know feeling really great at it i said to a lot of people back then like i don't know if i'll do this forever yeah, like this yeah. is this is good to lose weight but maybe once i get to where i am i'll be able to eat normal like yeah. that that was my goal was we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna lose the pounds and then once i had lost down to um my lowest i kind of felt like i was fixed I was like, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I solved myself. And now I can eat, you know, normal. And um, that did not go so well. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I'm hearing you say basically that like, this way of eating was a diet to you. And when I say yeah. diet, I mean, a short term solution to fix a problem, but you yeah. didn't view it as sustainable. You viewed it as <clears throat> something special that you needed to do to fix yourself. But it mm -hmm. wasn't the, really a healthy way of eating or a sustainable way of eating. Like you were never truly convinced that keto was yeah. um, good or healthy for everybody. It was a diet that you needed because you were messed up and everybody else that's not messed up didn't need to eat that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. And I, you know, I had, I feel like when I first started out, it was a little easier than like, once it became that numbers game, it was definitely felt like a diet. It felt like, um, and I felt restricted. I felt, um, like I, you know, wasn't, didn't get to do all the things other people did. And it's not that I missed it necessarily. It's just, I thought, well, someday I'll be back to that. You know, that, that was kind of my mindset. And then in 2020, when COVID happened, the gyms closed, you know, there was so much stress and uncertainty. Um, it was very, very easy to just fall back into old habits. Like that is the sad thing about habits. Building them feels great. Falling back into old ones is so easy though. And you know, the, the habit of soothing with food, telling myself like you, okay, you deserve a break. 
let's, this is a break. This isn't, you know, you're not going off track. You're just taking a break and then you'll be back on it tomorrow. And it became this real binge restrict um, season of, okay, I'm just going to take this day and eat whatever I want. And then tomorrow I'm going to fast. And it was like, it was definitely not a healthy mindset of, you know, I'm just, I'm going to fuel my body. I'm going to eat what feels best. It was, no, I got to shed this unwanted weight as quickly as possible after I had had those, those times of going off track. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's so interesting because even the language that we, that we use, we're like, I'm either on or I'm off. I'm either the all or nothing, um, right or wrong, on or off uh, type start or stop type of mentality, as opposed to like, this is just how I eat now because I believe that this is a healthy way to eat. And I, I will mainly eat these foods for the rest of my life. Like, and it never really like truly became part of your um, forever plan. Like, I will eat yeah. this way as a form of self-care. It's like, I will eat this way to fix myself. Um, and mm-hmm. it's like, it's like going to work. Like, okay, now I need to take a break from work. This feels like work to me as opposed to yeah. it just feeling like self-care as opposed to it just feeling like this is my, this is my life now. Yeah. 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 I think that's true. Yeah. Hmm. It's hard. It's hard because I definitely, you know, I, I see this happen all the time with my clients and I did the same thing with keto for a long time. Like, you know, now I talk so much about how, like, I have stayed keto for nine years, even after reaching my goal weight, because it's a form of self-care for me. Like I've realized the benefits mm-hmm. of eating this way above and beyond actually losing the weight. Um, and mainly for the food freedom, but so many other health benefits and mental health benefits and things like that. It eventually became um, something that I was convinced of mainly through what you were talking about, like learning the science of it and everything else like that. It wasn't just, it no longer was a means to an end. It was like, I had become logically, rationally, emotionally convinced like uh, that this was actually good for me. And why would I do something that was going to make me feel worse? Why would I go back to that? Yeah. Just because I'm at a healthy weight now, why would I go back to feeling cravings every day? Why would I go back to um, riding a blood sugar roller coaster and having that 3 p.m. slump every day. Why would I go back to feeling hangry? Why would I go back to, you know, acne whenever I would eat this certain food or bloating whenever I would eat this certain food or whatever it was? I had eventually become convinced, but for sure, at first, I approached keto the same way that I approached every other diet from a diet mm-hmm. mentality. And like, I am unworthy until I see this number on the scale. And yeah. just thinking, I'll do whatever I have to do. Like, oh, it's not going fast enough. Like, I'll up the up the fasting. You know, like, yes. oh, um, you know, I did a little bit more than what I planned to do. Like, better compensate for it. Better make up for it by restricting the whole next day. Like, I totally did that yeah. over and over and over again to myself. And emotional eating too. Like, you'd set your boundaries and be like, okay, I'm not going to eat carbs. But you'd find mm-hmm. yourself eating half a jar of peanut butter because of emotional yeah. eating, right? Like, and mm-hmm. so those things are like, ah, okay, clearly. I have some inner work to do. Yeah. And the problem for me was when I got to those points, um, instead of digging into it and saying, okay, this is getting hard. What am I doing that is not aligning with what is actually true? Um, You know, like, for example, the keto treats became a real stronghold. Um, when I first started, there weren't a ton. I mean, there's there were some, but there weren't just like everywhere you looked, it wasn't keto, just, like aligning the shelves at the grocery store like it is now. But um, there, so there wasn't as much, so I didn't have as many treats. I kind of thought like, well, we don't have treats on keto, that's fine. Um, and so when those were all introduced and that's becoming part of your daily diet, um, it really did bring back a lot of those cravings. And I listened to, um, I think a podcast you had done, uh, I'm not sure when, but you were talking about how to safely have keto treats or, or how to have them in a way that causes the fewest cravings. And you said, don't pair like the sweet, um, with like a high fat, like doing it with protein instead. Um, and I was like, I I wish I'd known that that is such good information you know, because like you said, peanut, like nut butters with Lily's chocolate or things like that, those can still be really addictive. And so instead of digging into that and thinking, okay, what am I doing here that could be tweaked? What I thought was keto is unsustainable. Mm -hmm. All this time I, you know, thought that it was, but it is, this isn't, you know, something that I can stick with. I'm failing constantly. I'm trying to get back on and falling off. So this definitely just, just isn't for me. That's kind of like the place I got to by 2021. I, just was kind of done with trying it over and over again. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, you know, we all kind of have this mental filter in our brains and our mental filter is our beliefs, the deeply entrenched beliefs that we have formed about food, weight, body image. I mean, and and anything else in life, but specifically just thinking about food, weight, body image, we have these beliefs that we've 
inherited, you know, from other people. They've been deposited into us from the time that we were little children. And, you know, we can recall specific things like, oh, mom said this about this person in front of me. And like, I really remember that. Or mom said this directly to me. Or my older sister said this directly to me. And like, oh, I really remember that. Or I really remember that Full House episode or whatever it might be. But then there's a lot of things that we're not even consciously aware of, but they have deeply contributed to these beliefs. And the beliefs become the mental filter. And so your mental filter is a good thing. It helps to um, block out information that's irrelevant to you because we can't just be like Superman all day and have like <laughs> hearing and, and receiving everything. It would overwhelm our senses. And so our brains are like behind the scenes saying like, this is irrelevant. And then also pay attention to this based on the lens of our beliefs. And so if you continue to always hold that belief, and it sounds like you kept buffering to yourself and to other people all the time, like, I don't know if I'm going to do this forever. I don't know if this is sustainable, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it was just always kind of a belief that you held. And eventually your brain presented you with so much information to confirm that bias, that yeah. this is not actually sustainable. It's not something that you can really do forever. Um, this is too restrictive. Um, you've been doing this long enough. At, surely at some point now, you should be able to eat normal, um, enter Weight Watchers. Yeah, so that is when um I mean I was I was struggling. You 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 looked back through my Instagram so you saw the struggle. Um uh for a little while I was like I'm just not going to diet. I'll never think about food again. I'll just eat whatever I want whenever I want. That's probably the cure. That was not the cure. That was the that was the answer to gaining a lot of weight in a short amount of time. Um but that's when I saw Weight Watchers advertised and I had never done it, which for someone who's been overweight their whole life, you would think I would have had some forays into Weight Watchers, but I had never had. Um, and so I thought this sounds, their new program sounded great. And the thing that really drew me in is they had zero point foods. They had this whole new list. You can have rice for zero points. You can have potatoes for zero points. You can have popcorn or, you know, all these things like that we definitely don't eat, you know, or I don't eat almost ever with keto. And so it just sounded like, it sounded like freedom and it sounded um, easy, a lot easier. I thought, you know, when we go out as a family, I can, you know, eat normal and I can, um, when I go to relatives houses and they offer me a piece of cake, I can get a small piece and that's fine. And it just sounded so, it sounded like utopia, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but that's where my mind went. Like, yes, this is the answer. And there's a great community aspect with it too. Like you were saying, that's a big thing for me is finding other people. Um, and a lot of people I knew in real life joined at the same time too. Like it felt really exciting at first and it definitely felt like kind of a breath of fresh air after feeling so restricted, being so mentally restricted, um, with doing, trying to do keto. And so I just thought, okay, this is it. If this is, and I took a little time before I made it public just cause I, well, we talked about this in our call. I don't like being seen as inconsistent. It really bothers me. And so once I, after about a month, I was losing weight, I was feeling good. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to tell people like, this is the answer now, you know, for me at least. Um, I never thought keto was bad. I just thought it wasn't going to work for me, I guess is where I was. So yeah, it seemed, it seemed too good to be true. That's probably because for me, it, I realized okay, this is a really, it was really fun at first. It was so fun to think of new recipes. It was so fun to add these foods back in that I hadn't had in so long. But eventually what I realized with Weight Watchers, and I still think it's a great way to eat. I think if that is how you feel comfortable, like do it. It's, you know, there, there were a lot of benefits. There's a great community. I did lose weight with it. I didn't stop it because I wasn't losing weight. Right. Um, there were a lot of good things about it and I have a lot of friends who do it and I've seen some amazing success stories. So this is personally my experience between the two. What I realized was, um, the food was not as satiating to me. So mm -hmm. I had eaten keto, you know, for a year and a half and those that food is delicious like <laughs> keto foods are really good you know like ground beef or, or steaks or butter or cheese um i love like a creamy coffee you know that stuff's delicious mm -hmm. and it just wasn't satiating to have brown rice with spray butter um yeah. also i found myself becoming very fixated on 
food again. So mm -hmm. like I was constantly thinking like, okay, what's my next snack going to be? What's my next meal going to be? When am I going to eat? Next? And, and that's something that I didn't experience with keto. I was able to, you don't even think about food until you get hungry. Um, another thing was sugar cravings just ramped right back up. And even though I was satisfying the craving all throughout the day, like I would have, um, low point, you know, treats. Um, it was just a constant thought in my head of, you know, wanting to, wanting to go and get donuts instead or whatever. Um, and then also I had a lot of physical things that started coming back. So acid reflux, um, I'd been on medication for it, went completely off with keto, felt fine. It was back. Um, I was having joint pain. I was having inflammation for sure. Um, acne. My periods were not like I have amazing periods when I'm on keto. They're very short and very like mild. It wasn't like that. Um, digestive issues. Um, plus, I was having a lot of decision fatigue. So I was constantly thinking, how many points are in that? How many points do I have left? Um, if I do half of that, can I do that? And and none of it was satisfying. So it was like, I'm eating this much, you know, of a piece of cake, but that didn't really do anything for me. And now I had that took 10 point, you know, it was just, it was just this constant balance. I was constantly having to think about things like that. And I just, it got to the point where it wasn't enjoyable. And yeah. I I sat down and I was just unhappy and I was having like trouble. I would wake up in the morning and be like, okay, I'm going to stick to all my points. And then by the end of the day, be like, oh, well, who cares? Tomorrow I'll be back on track. You know, I was doing that same thing. And so I made this big list of what I miss about being on keto. Mm -hmm. I was just like, one day I just sat down. I was really upset. I was like, I'm just going to think about this. You know, I didn't even want to think about keto when I was doing Weight Watchers. I was like, no, it's gone forever. But mm -hmm. I made this big list and ended up writing over a hundred things. Um, someday I'll probably share it like when I'm farther away from it and it's not as emotional, but um, yeah. like over a hundred things about my life that I really missed about that year in particular and how I felt, what I was able to do, um, my body, like health and um, my mind and all of those things. And then I thought, okay, so what were the bad parts? Like, what, what do I not miss? And the only thing I could think of was, well, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard yeah. to do. And I yeah. thought, okay, so we have a hundred things over here that were so much better. And then we have this one area, which is it's hard. And I thought, okay, so how can I make it easier? What can I do where it's not going to be that hard? Like yeah. if that is the only thing stopping me, what do I do to resolve that issue? And so that's when I found you. That's when I, I started, I read a few other books. Like I've read a lot about keto, but, um, and just really kind of approached it up. Okay. If this is the rest of my life, what makes sense for making that every single day. I'm not in a race. I'm not trying. I'm not the biggest loser. No one's going to give me a prize if I lose a ton of weight in a year. So now what, like, what do I do instead? And mm -hmm. so that's when I kind of thought, okay, I'm going back to this, but I'm not doing it the same way. I've got to figure out how to make this for life and not just for a short term. Yes. Oh, I love that. The thing that I love the most about what you said is you said, how can I make this easier? And so like, again, it's just, it's the mental filter, right? It's like your brain will give you an answer to the question that you're asking. Like if you're asking, why does this have to be so hard? You know, and that's kind of like the default of like, Ugh, why does this have to be so hard? Like, and of course your brain's going to give you a million reasons. Well, of course it's too hard. You know, you have to, uh, you don't get to eat such and such a food or whatever it is. And when you're around other people, it makes it complicated or other people are judging you or you don't want to be rude or just whatever. Like you'll come up with a million different reasons why this is hard. But then also like Weight Watchers was hard because yeah. you were, you know, feeling some, now you're like obsessed with food again. You're calculating points constantly. You're not feeling satiated. So like, you could look at either as being hard and the really empowering thing is to say, well, how can I make this easier? And I mm -hmm. love that you flipped the script for yourself and that you um, realized that it wasn't necessarily um, the strategies of keto that were hard. It was the way that you were thinking about them or what you were making them mean or the story that you were telling yourself about it that was creating your experience of it being hard, right? It was your perception about it. Hmm. 
Ah, this is such a good episode, isn't it? I really hope that you're enjoying it. We wound up going for over an hour and a half on Instagram because we just had so much to talk about. So this was just part one of the interview. And next week on the podcast, I'll be giving you guys part two. So make sure that you stay tuned. And please, would you share this episode with somebody um, that maybe could also benefit from hearing it? And also remember, if you leave that um, five-star review of the podcast, make sure that you take a screenshot email me and I will send you the guide of your choosing, either the holiday guide or the restaurant guide. Have a fantastic week.